Hello again, and welcome to the God Help You If You Have the Right Answers edition of the SEC Power Rankings. I don't think we can put that in the full title. I think there may be a character limit on YouTube, but there might be. Maybe too but much. Tr- truth and <laughs> truth and advertising, or whatever the phrase would be here. Um, truth and consequences edition. Of the truth the and consequences, rank. because my goodness, there were consequences. And, and sometimes there weren't consequences in this because um, you got a bad loss. I got a bad loss. Everybody got a bad loss. You, you shake it up and see where it lands. Well, it, look, the, the college football playoff committee had an easier time making its decisions than we had coming to our conclusions on these power rankings. And and if you can tell me how we could have avoided that, then, then I have the floor here. It was a mess. It was a mess. This this yeah. week this week was rough. And there's only there's only two undefeated teams left in the in the conference. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you go through a week and rank teams? It's kind of like, well, whose loss wasn't as bad? <laughs> you know, that's kind of what we've been working with. It was who did something was, good. It was a messy week. We we are not ranking teams this week by who has good win, like who has the best wins. We are yeah. ranking teams by who has the least awful losses like that is legitimately where we are right now we are seven eight games into the season the sec now has these ridiculous net rankings which i am putting my foot down we're not talking about these beyond this statement right here the sec has eight total quad three and quad four losses and most teams have not even played eight games yet so it's not good and again if you want to if you want to Argue with us on this week's power rankings. I am all for it, please, because you are probably right. And because no one should have any idea what these things should be ranked as, because we are ranking teams based on losses, not wins. And that is not a good place to be in for the SEC right now. Unless, unless, here's what we should have done. And I told someone this on Twitter we should have put the two undefeated teams at the top. (laughs) South Carolina and Ole Miss should be the top two teams in the SEC right now. But that's not the way we do things around here with the power rankings. But just saying. I think number one on the list after we're done is going to be yelling at Blake, Max, and Chris. Yep. For sure. Because nobody's going to be happy with this. I don't even know that we're happy with this. Are you kidding me? I don't listen, I don't think we're I think we're overplaying this. All right. These fan bases are not happy with their teams right now. I mean, <laughs> they're gonna be more upset at their teams. For playing the way they're playing and losing some of the games they're losing, then they should yeah, be who's, us. Who's happy with their team as of as of today? Yeah. Like who's super happy? South Carolina. There you go. The rest. Ole Miss. There you go. Ole Miss and South Carolina. Let's let's not put this on the fan bases here. Like they're if they want to argue, that's fine. But like this is not. They have every reason to argue because they're frustrated with their teams right now. Everyone should be, as we said, other than you know, Ole Miss and South Carolina because they haven't lost games yet. Uh, but yet, you know, they've still got something to prove, even. Though they are combined fourteen and zero right now to this point, I love how we've already filibustered three and a half minutes to to avoid what's coming. Listen, I, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in just a minute. We get to the cutoff point of the top tier of teams, which can we even call them that anymore? Um, yeah, everyone else, give us your rankings on how you would rank these teams. Who, by the way, our entire top one, two, three. That that list of, I think, top-tier teams, quote-unquote, they all have multiple losses. All yeah. of them. So 
I mean, again, if we're just going by bad losses, if that's how we're ranking teams now, think about to the point we've gotten to. If we're arguing about who has a loss that's better than the other team, it's not ideal for the SEC right now. I feel like we should like insert the Carl Lewis national anthem about right now. But anyway, um, one more reminder before we get to power rankings. (laughs) These are presented by our friends at Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride, the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the media sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is a top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. Not just the big four, Bet Online has info available at your fingertips, both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. Only a few things came really easy, and that's at the bottom where Vanderbilt is once again 14. Net rankings have come out. Vanderbilt is 276 in the net. So, um, in terms of postseason aspiration, it's almost over before it's barely started for Vandy here. Yeah. This is, I'm going to, we'll call this the B positive edition of the power rankings after all that negativity is out of the way. Vanderbilt finally getting their full, well, not full team, but getting their main guys playing together at this point. They are four and four on the season. There is nowhere to go but up for the Commodores, who will move up our rankings this week if they can get a couple wins, San Francisco and Texas Tech. Yeah, Stack said after the last game, Stack said, uh, you know, I'm really worried about our lack of rim protection on defense. It's made defense really tough. Um, they miss Liam Robbins, mentioned it once already, and they are, they're continuing to miss him. Um, it's really affecting that defense. I think – I'm not going to put too much weight into analytics right now, but they're outside the top 250. I mean, just I take away the defense is struggling right now, big time. Um, and with all the injuries, with Lawrence being out, with Smith being out, um, they just haven't had the flow. And there's actually a new bottom of the SEC uh, in plus minus. It is no longer Zakai Ziegler. It is Vanderbilt's Paul Lewis. So when Ezra and Tyron Lawrence are not in the game, and they got to have Lewis come in off the bench. It's taken a huge hit to the production on both sides of the floor. So, yeah, team is struggling right now. Number 13 is, I believe, LSU. I'm just, just waiting to see if you're going to guess it right. Yeah, LSU is 13. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, LSU – Look, we said they got a couple nice wins in there, but they also got blown out at Syracuse. They beat Southeastern Louisiana by seven. They have the loss against Nickel State, which is also part of that combined eight quad three, quad four losses for the league. So I don't know where else you rank LSU. Yeah, I keep watching LSU games and I keep telling myself, uh, stop watching LSU games. No, I'm joking, but (laughs) it's tough. It's tough to watch. Um, right now, I mean, I watched that full Syracuse game and it was just, it was painful. I mean, Will Baker couldn't get a rebound against one of the, the worst rebounding teams in the country. Um, not going to harp on him too much. Jordan Wright is, if they didn't have Jordan Wright, it would be, it would be looking rough. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the team just does not have too much of a front court presence defensively and it's hurting them. 
Number 12, the Georgia Bulldogs, who actually, we, we talk about bad losses. Georgia doesn't really have one. Losses have been to Oregon, Miami, Providence, all teams that could make the NCAA tournament, beating Wake Forest and Florida State. Uh, maybe, maybe we undersold Georgia here a little bit, guys. What do you think? Yeah, let's put Georgia in the top half. Why not? Why not? I mean, let's just put them as a top five team in the league because does anyone else have a strong argument to be there? Um, you're right. <laughs> they just, again, they don't have any bad losses. Is that the best thing we can say about Georgia? <laughs> I mean, hey, that's a, that's a sterling bullet point on the resume for these teams we're talking about. I know, but like, I hate it, but like, you're right. Like, you were exactly right. They don't have any bad losses. And like, the way Wake Forest to me is like the ultimate. Are they a good win? Are they a, like, I don't know anymore because, you know, Georgia beat them. They beat Florida, Wake Forest beat Florida. Like, I have no idea what to make of this, like, Wake Forest ping pong who's played Georgia, LSU, and Florida so far. That's half their schedule to this point is SEC teams. Um, they lost LSU in overtime. They beat Florida, who's the highest-ranked team on our list, but they lost to Georgia and LSU. So I have no clue what to do with uh, – with, who are we talking about? I don't even know who we're talking about anymore. Georgia. Georgia. Wake They're Forest. In our, I, I, Wake Forest maybe should be ranked at number twelve. I don't know. So, I, th I think Wake Forest joined the SEC East in the in the preseason. I mean, I know we don't have divisions anymore, but it seems no. like every every game Wake plays is against the SEC. Steve Forbes going back to the roots, former Tennessee. That's assistant. right. We're only three teams in. We're already in a in a vortex of rankings here. This is going to be this is going to be brutal. Um, but I mean, Georgia, hey, they beat Florida State. And that was a, that was, they were down by like seven, 15, 17 points there. That was a resilient win. Uh, hey, they didn't lose it. They didn't look great winning it, but they didn't lose it. You know? <laughs> they didn't hey, they didn't lose. Didn't lose. This is where we are. I like, feel like this is the point, like we're, we're, you know, we're the, we're the school system and, you know, kid shows up to class two thirds of the time. He, he barely passes. And I just, Little Johnny go along from fourth grade to fifth grade because hey, but let's not. just say this though, okay? Let's let's say this for Georgia. We're we're having some fun with these power rankings because again, folks, this week's power rankings are ridiculous. We probably shouldn't even do these, but we're doing them. All right. Georgia was at the bottom of the bottom two years ago. Okay. They won 16 games last year. They're five and three with a couple good wins. This program is headed in the right direction. Oh, yeah. And they're they're Five games before they start SEC play from here on. Georgia Tech at home, High Point at home, Mount St. Mary's at home, North Florida at home, Alabama A&M at home. They should win all of those, and yeah. they should be 10-3 and three going into SEC play. So, Georgia's moving up. I'd like to put them in the top five next week. Win some win, win these games this week. I say that, right? They come out and lose Georgia You Tech just gave them the kiss of death, Blake Lovell. You did. This is how it works. So, we watched it happen. All right, continue. Who's next? Um. Okay. This this now it's a holiday season. This is the festivus portion of the power rankings. Because, buddy, I got a grievance with Mississippi State. See, we we when we do our power rankings, we, we like it nice and we like the decisions clean cut and clear. And, buddy, a week ago, I, no nobody was singing the praises of this team more than I was. What I said was, okay. We had some questions about them offensively. They find some answers there. And, oh, by the way, they're 6-0 and 
without Tulu Smith. And and they've beaten Arizona State. They've beaten Washington State. They've beaten Northwestern. Now, maybe Northwestern, the only team in that that, that may go to the NCAA tournament. But still, with these teams dropping games to teams they shouldn't, Mississippi State was taking care of business and beating good teams. They go to Georgia Tech. Max, you and I previewed that game. I think we gave Georgia Tech about a negative 5% chance to win that one based on what we'd seen. Not only does State lose that game, it loses it by 12. And, oh, for an encore, losing to Southern on Sunday. What in the world is going on here? Well, this isn't the team that I thought we were going to see. I really don't know what's going on with the backcourt here. When I saw Trey Fort explode for 21 points against Arizona State, I know Arizona State's not, you know, probably not a tournament team, but still it's a high major and it's your first look at the team. The backcourt looked dynamic. You had Fort banging threes. You had Hubbard coming in off the bench, who really surprised as a freshman here early on. It just, it looked like they had a little bit more spark than last year. It was like, okay, the three-pointing, the three-pointer problem is fixed. They got that perimeter scoring. Yeah, forget about that. I mean, Trey Fort was a healthy scratch. He didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't know if that's because of lack of defense, if that's poor shot taking that has led to runouts that has really upset Chris Jans. I don't know what it is, but Trey Fort did not play. And then Andrew Taylor, who has been a healthy scratch for the past four games, who Jans benched because he wasn't living up to standards. He plays 16 minutes out of nowhere yesterday. It's like, what is going on with this backcourt still without Toulouse Smith? I thought Kashawn Murphy was back. He was out yesterday. It's like, I don't even know who's playing day to day. I don't think Jans does either. I don't think they have this backcourt identity. And, I mean, you see it, 59 points, two straight games, and just no shooting down the stretch. Uh, they got to figure out this backcourt, Blake. Think about this. If Mississippi State beats Georgia Tech and Southern – they have a legitimate argument to be the number one team in our power rankings this week. By losing to Georgia Tech and Southern, they are now number 11. Mm. Like, that is the state of SEC basketball. That is the that, – that is where we are right now with some of these teams. I'm not saying they would have gotten the number one ranking, but I guarantee you they'd been in top three. <laughs> but but they, they also would have had an argument to say – we're the only 8 no team in the league because they would be the only 8 no team in the league this week. South Carolina Ole Miss or 7-0. And they would have beat Northwestern, who beat Purdue. And you could say, all right, some of the other wins not that impressive, but we could have leaned on that. We, we needed something to chew on. That could have been it. Um, but they're not, and they're number 11. So we continue on in our power rankings. Missouri at 10, I guess. I mean, I, yet, listen. Yet another team. Well, look, they, they lost to Jackson State. That was two weeks ago. You got to hold that against them. Since then, they, they darn near lost to Loyola Maryland at home, which would have been a bad loss, even worse than that. But they did beat Pitt on the road, uh, which was a nice win. And, and so maybe, may, maybe signs of recovery for for your client Dennis Gates. Yeah, I I think I say this. I'm like Missouri feels like they're a little low here. Reminder: This is a staff composite ranking. We had all of our rankings were so across the board this week. Ours have never been this different in terms of how we all ranked them. But I feel like they're a little low, but like you said, unfortunately, they have one of the <laughs> losses. Like, they have the Jackson State loss. And so, you know, you sort of have to go hold it 
against them to a certain extent. And the Memphis game, I mean, it wasn't pretty. Like, they didn't play well in that game. I know that was game two of the season, but um, they're another team that I think you can justify moving them up a couple spots here, having won that game at Pitt, getting a solid win against Wichita State at home. Now, if they go win at Kansas on Saturday, you know, completely different discussion. Uh, they are 100% moving up multiple spots next week. But right now, it was a slight edge for another team to to beat them to that ninth spot. And so Missouri at 10, although, like I said, I, I think they feel like better than the 10th best team in the league. Uh, but you can't just, you know, I, I, I say this, guys. Just wait, because we're going to talk about a few other teams here in a minute that also have these head-scratching losses, and they are ranked considerably higher than than Missouri. But it's just, I don't know. Like I think we're still figuring out what this team is, and we're going to find out in these next three games, Kansas, Seton Hall, and Illinois. For a week of, of very poor results, this is a team that did not have a poor result. Had a, had a good week, did Missouri. And I think they're starting to find their identity a little bit with Sean East. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably are getting a little bit annoyed with how much I'm talking about Sean East. I really like the way he plays. Um, six for eight in two games this week. It was three for four in both of them. So that, that's huge. It's a big little perimeter boost that they weren't getting from Sean East before. And just one more thing on Mizzou real quick. I don't like my analytics early season, but so far they do have the fourth best block percentage. And I don't think that's mm. something that's really going to just disappear. Um, Aiden Shaw, Vanover, Carter, uh Trent Pierce, Jordan Butler, they've got some size, and it's it's tough for other teams to score around the rim. So I do like that moving forward with Missouri. Nice little week here. Yeah, that, that's interesting because that's not how that team operated all last right. year. In fact, block right. percentage, they would have been a 182nd a year ago. I, I wonder you know, how much of that is changes when Connor Vanover is or isn't on the floor. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they've – They've at least got that piece this year where that was not a part of their team a year ago. So, all right, this is where we're going to really make people mad, I think. But we're caught in between that that territory of what are you doing for me now and how good do we think you are based on your ceiling of of your talent. And, oh, by the way, um, you, you got some marquee coaches ahead in this list who have been known to figure it out a time or two themselves. So thus, we arrive at South Carolina at number nine, still unbeaten. And if you want to argue that South Carolina should be higher, are any of us going to tell you that we're really that you're really wrong, Blake? No, of course not, because you could absolutely argue that South Carolina should be higher. And listen, I will say this, though. You can argue that South Carolina should be higher. What you cannot argue is that South Carolina should be higher based on their net ranking. That is my only rule when it comes to your argument, because they are fourth in the net rankings in the SEC. Okay. They're 29th overall. They're fourth in the SEC in the net rankings. We cannot use that as the only logic here. That's all I ask. So if you're going to make that argument, please do not use the three letters. Any, any profanity, which I include net in profanity to this point. All right. That cannot be used, but yes, we can hundred percent argue that South Carolina should be higher um, because they are unbeaten. They have beaten everybody in their path to this point, which is way more than we thought they would have done to this point in the season. But here is what I will say. If you're upset with where South Carolina is this week, if they go win at Clemson on Wednesday and beat East Carolina on Saturday, they got two road games coming up, okay? Their first true road games of the season. If they can win both of these games, 
they're moving in the top five next week. Period. No, no question. They're moving in the top five next week. Just saying. So, Blake, you're the same exact analysis as I did. Like, I, I honestly don't have much to say. That was pretty much every point I wanted to point talk about. You, you just said they uh, they did hit 18 threes against George Washington, though. Like, the team can shoot. The team has spacing. Uh, it, it's it's not anemic to watch this team play. They look decent, but they haven't played a top 50 team. You know, so. Let's just all I'm not going to go too much further. Blake's analysis was perfect. Wednesday, Wednesday coming up here is going to be this is going to be the test here. First true road game at Clemson. We've watched Clemson. We know Clemson is legit. I'm just I'm waiting for Wednesday to really talk about this team. more. Florida date, for lack of a better idea, Um, you know, Florida Got wins over Florida State, Pitt, for whatever that's worth, maybe NIT-type teams. Uh, you know, and nothing really bad on the resume. Really close losses to Virginia and Baylor by three and four points. And then 11-point loss to Wake Forest last week. Look, this is another case. You win one of those big games, you, you probably move way up the rankings, and, and that's where Florida is at this moment, Blake. Thus begins, and it shouldn't begin. We actually had a team that we, you know, we mentioned Mississippi State without Tulu Smith and all that, but like this is where you start to get into how do you judge teams who are not at full strength? Yep. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? What do you do with Florida? Because at full strength, do I think they're the eighth best team in the SEC? No, I think they're higher than that. Um, but they just lost a game where they were not at full strength, they played well against Baylor. Played well in the game against Virginia, but we're not at full strength. So in the games we've seen them at full strength, they look really good. You know, but that hadn't been many, right? And we can we're gonna say the same thing about some other teams that we're gonna talk about in a minute. And so again, this is why this is just a wacky week for power rankings, because you can argue both directions here, but if you're just basing it off power rankings, I still think Florida is pretty good, even if they have three losses on their schedule to this point. I mean, no, no Micah Henlokton. This is a guy that had 14 and 14 against Virginia in like 25 yeah. minutes. Like guy makes a difference. Uh, so yeah, I mean, hard to, hard to grade. I'm not at f- full strength, but I will say this Riley Kugel right now has 21 turnovers and only 16 assists. Uh, he's been a little bit sloppy on the offensive end. I will say he's forcing it a little bit. Um, Poland has been nice though. Poland comes in and has a little bit tighter handle and, and, you know, a nice veteran experience. He, he looks like he can really control the rock and in, in tight situations. Fouling has been an issue. This team keeps getting into foul trouble. Almost every game they have been in foul trouble. Uh, so a few little things to work on, but it's not stuff that's like not fixable. Get these guys back to full strength, uh, have golden coach them up a little bit. And I think they'll be fine, but tough to move them up right now. Number seven, Auburn. Again, Auburn could have made this easy for us. Instead, you go and lose the return game in a home-and-home at Appalachian State, which is just kind of a bizarre arrangement there. And, and yeah, I mean, no no bad losses. for. I don't even like to say a, a bad loss, but it's one that you didn't expect Auburn to lose. The Tigers had won five straight coming into that, although – no super notable wins. Uh, maybe Virginia Tech turns out to be one. But, yeah, the Tigers sit here at 7 on Monday morning. I mean, Auburn had a chance to be number one this week. I know. I mean, in all honesty, they had a chance to be number one. Yeah. Um, 
but they lost the game on Sunday, and it's just hard to. I am saying all this knowing that when we get to our top couple teams, there is going to be a potential like, hey, you said this about this team and this about this team, but yet I understand. But this is where, again, you just have to go off of what team you think is better, right? Like you have to just sort of start going. And Auburn, again, I would have said, hey, they're they're top three in the SEC. They won this game in Appalachian State, but they lose it. And so you start questioning some things again, right? And so you're like, oh do we need to worry about this area? Do we need to worry about that area? They can't shoot the ball. Um, it's all those things. And so, yeah, for lack of a better idea, here they are at seven. I don't know how many teams in the country could have gone into that sold-out environment and, and had a good, clean game. I don't think there's many. App State is going to be probably a tournament team. They be I appreciate them scheduling it, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Thanks for playing the game. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people wouldn't have done that. So. Props to props to Pearl and Auburn for even playing it. Um, UNC Wilmington got throttled by 30 by App State. Like App State is good. They, they, they're really good. But I'll say this, three for 27 from three is not going to cut it. Still had 17 assists as a team, though, which is nice. The ball was moving a little bit. But now I've seen I've seen Auburn in two close games now, opening with Baylor and now against App State. And both times the backcourt down the stretch is kind of scaring me now kind of scaring me uh they just don't look like they have a go-to guy a guy that can get into the lane and facilitate and just dump off to broom i mean all you got to do is 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 get into the lane and, and and draw a little bit of some closure and and make a play and they just can't even do that um aiden holloway is two for 17 uh from the floor in his past two games denver jones only has two games in double digits after he was averaging 20 last year so I'm not panicking on the team too much, um, but the backcourt is starting to give me a little bit of worry here in, in crunch time. It's it's starting to scare me. I'm not going to lie. All right, now we get to Ole Miss at six, and boy, this has been an interesting season. And, yes, some of it has been return of players. Ole Miss, those first five games, wins all against teams that are 146 or worse in Ken Palm, two of them by one point. Um, I, I guess Ole Miss not just needed players, but needed to play good teams because it has since destroyed NC State by 20 at home and then upset Memphis also in Oxford. Chris Beard's team, one of two SEC teams at 7-0. and and, and boy, we talked about teams that, that had bad weeks. Teams had good weeks. Ole Miss is kind of at the top of the list and got to be some excitement building in Oxford after that. Max, you get the, you know, I give you the floor on this one first. So, as always. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't want to say I told you so. I'm not going to. Um, the difference with this team this this past week was, was Jalen Murray. It was the point guard play. That was a big emphasis, a big question in the offseason where people were like, Chris Beard, great coach. But where's the point guard play going to come from? Well, Murray really stepped up. All right. Two games this week, he had 13 assists and only one turnover. That's big. All right, that, that's very big for big games. Um, and he had 12 points against NC State, 22 against Memphis. So so I think the point – played 40 minutes against Memphis. I think the point guard situation has settled itself. I think Juju Murray is, is this team's point guard. Uh, and the team is starting to make threes. I mean, they hit 10 threes at Temple, seven against NC State, 11 against Memphis. I don't know if that's going to sustain itself. I don't know how – if you can rely on Matt Morell going six of seven every night. 
but the team can win multiple ways. Uh, if you need to lean on Flanagan and have him take 25 shots a game, you can. If you need to lean on Brakefield because he has a good matchup against DJ Burns athletically, you can. Uh, morale, you know, it's like the team can win multiple ways and it's getting better with Cisse. So I'm not going to overreact here. I think the team could have dropped a few games early. I'm not going to act like they they couldn't. Uh, they're improving every game. I think we're just going to see them start to slowly improve and get better. Uh, hey, good start. I mean, there's not much bad you can say about this team right now. Yeah, you mentioned Murray. I mean, he played 40 minutes against Memphis, played 36 against NC State. Like, this guy has become one of those guys that we always say you cannot take off the floor, and yep. he is he's that for Ole Miss right now. And I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to, but I'm just saying – I'm just saying, if you look at the schedule, I'm just go. saying. Yeah. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think we could put Ole Miss higher. But once again, these are composite rankings. We all rank them differently. Comes out to a number point system. They just happen to be slightly behind the next team that we're going to get to. But they could be higher. And I would not argue because they are, to me, in this group of teams now with all of these others where it's like, hey, I mean, they've at least proven they can beat everybody on their schedule, whereas multiple SEC teams have bad losses at this point. They played some close games. They won them. All that matters. And so we're not comparing their bad losses, are we? Nope. Because they haven't lost one. So could totally justify putting Ole Miss higher. Next up, Alabama. Crimson Tide have lost two of their last three. Alabama still has yet to play a true road game. Uh Number two offensively in Ken Palm, number 80 defensively. Uh, and, and boy, talk about a gauntlet of a schedule coming up. After Arkansas State, Purdue, Creighton, Arizona, guys. Blake, I'll start with you here. Yeah. You want to talk about solidifying yourself as the number one team in the SEC. If they can win multiple of those games, because no one else has a lot of good wins. If Alabama can beat Arkansas State and then win one or multiple of those three games, they will be the number one team in our power rankings come December, the the Christmas edition. They, they will be number one. Um, I can say that with confidence right now because they have the most opportunity of anybody to change their standing. Um, to do that, they're going to have to play more defense. And, you know, we'll see if that happens. But this is where we get into the bad loss versus, you know, Alabama does not have a bad loss. They are five and two and they don't have a bad loss. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Clemson. Clemson, as we said, is better than people have given them credit for. They're 7-0. They're unbeaten. Um, just outscored Alabama in that one. Like we mentioned, Alabama's not going to score 90 every night. they got to find ways to win in games where they don't do that. And so, yet, just from a power ranking standpoint, I, I was the high man on Alabama and the individual rankings. Like I still think that they, you know, are better than most teams in the SEC. But like everybody else, they've got their deficiencies. It's clearly it's on defense, um, and they have deficiencies in that they've lost two games. But other than that, I don't know where you put them. But let's put them here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, all you can do is laugh. All you can do is laugh at this point. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue with you. Uh, if they go into if they go into those three games, Purdue, Creighton, Arizona, and they win two of them, that's going to be two more wins than pretty much every other SEC team has against quality opponents. Um, the one thing I will say is people are saying, well, Alabama has two really good wins against Indiana State and Oregon. 
Well, you have to you have to know that Robbie Avila wasn't available for Indiana State. He's 6'10", 240, averages 17 and 6, and shoots 40% from three. And Alabama struggles with the low post. So that probably would have made a difference. And then Oregon didn't have Biddle or Dante when they played. So, like, I'm not buying too much into, like, oh, they beat two really good teams. I'm not buying into that too much. Um, but if you put if you put this team on a neutral floor, you know, against other teams, you're trying to do power ranking on a neutral floor with this team beat this team, blah, blah, blah. Alabama's probably going to beat most teams in the SEC right now with just how much they're going to score. You know what I mean? So I, I like the number five ranking. If their defense, you know, tightens up a little bit and they have some good results against these next three teams, bump them right on up. Uh, but a lot to be seen here with uh, with how this defense evolves. <clears throat> We've got Arkansas at four. Blake, where did we have Arkansas last week? Oh, boys, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I I don't know about this one. Arkansas fans, I love you. You know I do. We, You have jumped on the bandwagon from the start. We have always enjoyed our conversations. But I don't know, guys. I, I just wonder if this is too high. Like I know they just beat Duke. I am well aware. But I also know that they lost at home to Greensboro, and they lost to Memphis, and they didn't look great in a lot of other games they played in. And I know it may get some blowback here, but it's just – but but again, right, it's like look who you're comparing them against. So is it is it okay to be reactionary to them beating Duke at home? Sure, why not? What else do we have to go on? <laughs> so, right. I mean, what else do we have? Uh, you know, so – yeah, everyone's going to point out, oh, Arkansas is 117 in the net, and you guys have them at fourth in the power rankings. Who cares about the net? Um, <laughs> for starters. But I, I don't know. Again, I, I think this is where non-Arkansas fans will probably have a problem with this one. Um, but I don't know, though. They just beat Duke. So, who, by the way, also lost to Georgia Tech, who is apparently point. also joining the SEC. They, you know, I, I don't know, but Doc and Wake Forest are both in the ACC or in the SEC now. I don't know, guys. You, whatever you tell me, what you think. Blake, put it this way: we we had Arkansas and Alabama both just play home games against probably two of the better ACC teams, Duke and Duke and Clemson. One team squeaks True. out squeaks out a good win, and one team drops out a close loss. Switch those results. Switch these rankings. That's how you know. Pretty much, both teams didn't look bad. I mean, Alabama, their defense looked a little bit bad, but I mean, you only, you barely lost against Clemson, who's going to be a really good team this year. And then, I mean, Duke missed a good amount of open shots there. Um, and if that's not at Bud Walton, you know, if that's at Duke, it might be a different result. I'm not separating these teams too much. Arkansas and Alabama, I think they both got stuff to, stuff to work on. And I don't know how to separate them. I honestly, I don't. So Arkansas at four, Alabama at five, flip a coin. I don't know. I, I I personally would swap them. And the reason why is because of this absurdity, the fact that Arkansas lost to UNC Greensboro, who lost to Vanderbilt. Like, it makes no sense. None. <laughs> this makes no sense at all. Like, what do we do with these teams? This is ridiculous. But this is college basketball because yeah. this is what it's become. And everybody's like, I've seen people like, oh, SEC basketball fever's back and all this other stuff. Like, this is just where we are. Like SEC has done this. I feel like every year, although this year it has been accentuated to a point where I don't remember it being like this in a long time. 
where you've seen this many losses like this that just yeah. make no sense whatsoever. But when you have so many teams that have new players and all this other stuff, it is just only yeah. making it – it's making it stronger to have those possibilities to lose in these games. But it's also what Max said before we started recording. It's making these other programs stronger. The parity is much more. Like you have a Greensboro team that is built to win a game like that and also built to lose a game at Vanderbilt, right? So Barry's loving it. Like he's excited. So it just it gets him fired up when we talk about this. So that's where we are. I'm going to mute and we'll continue to the top three. Yeah, I, I swore this is going to be the year that we weren't having these conversations. I just looked at the talent in this league. So there's there's no way. It feels like the SEC has just left us wanting a little bit more most years. It's always the this is the year the league really takes off. And I thought there's, there's no way it's not this year. And, and here, here we are. Here it's we barely are. December. Here we All are. right. I think the only league that's really avoided catastrophe is the Big 12 right Big now. Big 12. Yeah, yeah, Big 12 is clearly the best league. Number three, Texas A&M, which got some debate at, at one. I think really the number one ranking came down to three teams, uh, all, all of which gave us reasons not last week. So Aggies just didn't look good in, in a loss at Virginia, which Virginia can do to you, and that was in Charlottesville. Um, two games before that, the loss to Florida Atlantic on a neutral floor, and then in between the win over Iowa State. Still a really solid team again. This was my preseason number one, and it, this is a solid squad. Are we wanting for more? Yes. Uh, could could there be a lot more? That's also yes. I put Texas A&M at number one in my rankings this week. Um, and I just didn't – I didn't know what else to do. But if A&M had Tyrese Radford – and this is where like you can play both arguments, right? If A&M had Radford right now, if he had played, you know, in the Virginia game, I think he makes a difference. I'm not saying they win the game, but I think they look a lot better. Uh, and that's what we have to go on right now. We're looking for teams who look better and have good, bad losses. Or I don't even know how you describe the losses. Um, good losses is the best way to put it. They've lost to FAU. Yes, they lost the game at Virginia. Radford hasn't played in how many games now? Um, three. Three. So with, with him... I would feel pretty strongly that this number one spot for them without him. I don't know. Like I still don't, I still think they're one of the top three teams in the league. And ultimately again, our composite puts them at three, but I put them at number one this week for a lack of a better choice. And here we go because they don't have a bad loss. There you have. I think there's not a worse matchup in the nation to have your two guard out than playing at Virginia. Yeah. yeah, probably the worst matchup. And that is just because, and if you guys, I've been saying his name a lot, you're probably annoyed with me, but I'm telling you, Reese Beekman is like a Herb Jones type of guard defender. It, he just completely took away Wade Taylor and then completely took away Judah Mintz in back-to-back games. It, he is an elite guard defender and to have Tyrese Radford out in a game where you can really use Radford to attack McNeely and these other two guards for Virginia that aren't as good defensively as Beekman. So definitely Radford would have made a big big difference in that game. The number one thing I like, and we're looking at these as power rankings, right? Not just like standings. This team has played at Ohio State, at SMU, at Virginia. They've played FAU. They've played Iowa State. Like, is there a more battle-tested team in the conference? I don't know. 
Maybe Tennessee's played some pretty tough games also, but this team is going to be ready for conference play. I'll tell you that much. They are ready. Yeah, much unlike last year where the schedule was pretty much garbage from what I remember, right. and then and then they turned it on once the calendar flipped to conference play. Uh, well, I think this team will turn it on too. You Tennessee Vols are number two. They've been number one for a while. Yes, I know Tennessee's lost three in a row. Yes, I know that the Vols looked awful for most of the North Carolina game. <laughs> they haven't had a bad loss. That's, that's the best we can say right now. One good win over Wisconsin. We, I think we still believe in this team, but my goodness, these guys are, are feeling some growing pains right now. And I think the last thing we expected was the complete defensive collapse we saw in Chapel Hill, Blake. Listen, the only reason I'm laughing is because everyone who's watching and you just announced Tennessee at number two <laughs> just did an audible gasp because they know who number one is now. And boy, we're gonna have a time with that one. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the only reason. It has nothing to do with Tennessee. It's just everyone figuring out. Wait a second, is this team that I think is number one? Is it actually number one? Did you guys watch the game on? <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. But yeah, yes, Tennessee. I mean, I. What do you do? I mean, they they played the toughest <laughs> schedule to this point. Um, that's going to tie it. The what, what do you do edition? What the hell do you do with these teams edition of the SEC power rankings? That's how we're titling it this week. Um, they played the toughest schedule and they've won one of those three, <laughs> four games uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, Kansas, North Carolina. Rick Barnes, I saw Rothstein put something out. Barnes just said that, um, I guess on his podcast or whatever, that the toughest November schedule he's ever played, um, which I can understand. Going to Wisconsin. And remember, all those games away from home. Not a single one yeah. of those games in Knoxville. So, for that reason, I'm willing to give Tennessee a little bit of a slack because no one else has done that. No one else has played those four games away from home. So, I still think they're a top two team in the league. I still put them at number two this week in my rankings. Um, but, at some point, you got to win games, too. <laughs> and so, I think they'll start doing that. The schedule eases up a little. I say that. I mean, George Mason's not a bad team. Um, Illinois is not a bad team. So it's a little bit, it looks a little better than the, you know, the top, what, four, 15, the, the four top 15 Ken Palm teams they've already played to this point. So I think the balls will be fine. I just don't think there's any reason to move them any further than three, to be honest. So I had them at two, like I said, at A&M at one, but here's where they are. Tennessee's only played two home games this year. They only played two yeah. at home. So, I mean, they, they just have not played at their own arena. Um, Tennessee at two, I just – I can't put them at one right now. I can't. They haven't won a big game yet for me to put them at one. You know what I mean? But, on the other hand, if they have Toby Awaka and Freddie DeLeon, is that eight-point loss to North Carolina? Like, is, is Awaka worth a few points? Yeah, I think so. Is DeLeon maybe worth a possession? Maybe. You know, like, so – how bad do you knock them for not having those guys? I mean, free throws in that North Carolina game were 38 to 16, and Adu was in foul trouble, still clawed back and almost like had a chance to steal that one. Um, I think this team's not going to get better until Vescovy and Ziegler kind of figure it out and get back to their form. I mean, Vescovy was like getting benched at UNC, and Ziegler's second worst in the SEC in plus minus. I mean, those are your two guys. You know what I mean? So, not not my number one team. I, I can't put them there, but I can't really knock them because I haven't had a bad loss. So 
I think they're good at two. All right. Kentucky trails UNC Wilmington by 14 in the first half. The Cats go on a big run, go up 55 to 49 with 12.51 left. And guess what? UNC Wilmington comes back and Rupp Arena wins the game 80 to 73. And with that, we reward Kentucky by elevating the Cats to number one because that's where we are. Blake. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying it. I'm not going first. Are you kidding me? You guys aren't putting me in the spot. I didn't vote him at number one, so absolutely not. I am not doing anything here for this one, um, because well, I, I didn't. Did, did Kentucky? Kentucky didn't get a number one vote in the poll, did they? And I, I had him at number one. They did. Oh, okay. Okay. I but had by virtue of where Max said other teams, the I, Kentucky wound up here. So I listen. Okay, let's put, let's put bunch, it this Max. way. <laughs> I tried to I tried to throw that one off to Blake. I did. We we all had different number one teams this week. Okay. So just keep that in mind because this is not an exact science we're doing. We all had different number one teams, which is why we call this ridiculous set of power power rankings this week. Because of that, it all depends on at that point, if you're doing the rankings and you're compiling the numbers and all that, it's really a couple spots here or there can completely separate, you know right? The, who is number one? Who is number two? Who's number three? That's what happened this week. Usually we are all very close together, but our top fives were all different this week. <laughs> so the fact is Kentucky winds up at number one, and this is why I'm giving it to Max. You voted them at number one. I'm fine with that. I have no issue with it, but <laughs> you're going to have to explain why piece. you did that. Because I, listen, if Max, we were laughing because Max and I in the video, what was it? I think we did the reaction video after the Miami game, right? And yeah. I, I kept saying, I said it twice. I remember. I'm like, well, we know who's going to be number one in our power rings next week. I said, you know, as long as they beat UNC Wilmington on Saturday. I said it twice. I said, okay, they've got to beat Wilmington first, but, you know, they should do that. They'll be number one next week. I at least mentioned that they had to beat Wilmington to do it. Apparently, they don't even have to beat Wilmington to be number one in our power <laughs> rankings because here they are. So, well, listen, I will let me let me try try. I'm not going to explain. I'm going to try to explain why I have Kentucky at number one. Okay, and the main the, the main reason is is because there the UNC Wilmington game was their first game without DJ Wagner. And I, and I know that Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard come off the bench and give this great spark, and everyone loves Dillingham and Shepard. But, I mean, for a young team to be coming off of a huge win, huge win um, at home where you blow them out and the crowd's going crazy, you have a little bit of a hangover, you come out a little bit slow, you don't have your point guard for the first time, and it's your first game trying to implement Bradshaw into things. And that kind of chops up the flow of the rotation and the in the spacing and stuff like that. So I don't want to knock them all too much because if they have DJ Wagner in this game, like, do they win? I don't. I mean, I don't know, but like, probably have a better chance. You know, you don't have to shake up the rotation as much. The reason I have this team at number one, I just could not. I couldn't put Tennessee at number one. I couldn't. They just gave up sixty points to to Wilmington or not to Wilmington. Gave up sixty points to North Carolina in one half. You know, I just I couldn't put Tennessee at one. This is more of a I couldn't put anyone else there than putting them justifying them at number one. But 
that's why I just I think you can't knock them that much for because they didn't have Wagner. That's my reasoning. I'm just picking on you, Max. I I think you get 100 justified putting Kentucky at one. Like, and the reason is what we just said. We started this with Mississippi State. We talked about it with Florida teams that don't have all their players. What do you do with them? And the fact is, some of these teams have played without all their players and lost games that you probably feel they shouldn't have. And so, how do you separate them, right? And so, yes, let let let's just do. We'll wrap up quickly because we don't we don't want to hit the hour mark, but. Okay, if you are, let's just say from a betting standpoint, which, oh my goodness, if we had this discussion with in the past 24 hours with Georgia and Florida State and Alabama and all that nonsense, but on a neutral floor, which SEC team is favored over every other SEC team right now? I have my answer. I'm curious to see what you guys think. On a neutral floor? On a neutral floor, if there's one SEC team that is favored against every other team in the league on a neutral floor right now. I think there's one team that would be favored against every other team in the conference on a neutral floor. Maybe maybe a half a point, but I think they'd be favored. I would say Tennessee. I I would say Tennessee or Kentucky. I think if both teams are at full strength, I think Tennessee would be favored by – a point over Kentucky. Yeah. But I think it's that close. Yeah, it's it's very close. I think if AM is at full strength also, they there's not gonna they're not gonna give up too much points to anyone either. Yeah. I think AM would maybe be a couple point favorite or excuse me, a couple point underdog to both of those teams. I agree. But I that so can we say that? I think th- they're still the three best teams. I agree. Right? Like they're ranked three obviously in our power rankings, but I do think after you after those three, not saying that Arkansas, Alabama, any of those other teams can't get there, but I think still to me, even with the nonsense we've had everywhere else, I still think it's those three teams right now. Of course, we had Arkansas higher before the season started, but by virtue of what's happened, somehow they've gotten the four again. <laughs> I ain't going to get started on this. But it just was where we are, right? They beat Duke. That's a great win. A lot of teams don't have great wins. So – Man, it's it's just it's incredible to think that it's disappointing too, because I the SEC has left a lot of opportunities on the table, and not just that, but you're compiling bad losses, and that's not a good place to be tournament wise. Because we know, based on what the committee's done over the years, right, those are going to be held against you. So you better be rooting for all the teams that have already pulled upsets on SEC teams, because you need their stock to go higher, you know, the rest of the way. Because if not, we know those are held against you at the end of the season. Whether you like it or not, they they matter. And the SEC's already got some of those just ugly, ugly losses that will be held against them come March. Well, Blake, I'll say this also, because we are I we are harping we had very high expectations on this conference. But unless you're the top half of the Big Twelve, pretty much every single conference oh, yeah. is doing the same thing right now. You know? So while it is bleak right now, this conference had an ex, an insane amount of transfer portal exits and return and you know newcomers. So if there is a conference that you know was due to start a little bit slow with roster turnover and then kind of get going with the amount of good coaches they have, it, it is the SEC. You know they do have the coaching you know to be able to go and you know jump the Big East and jump the Big Ten. But right now, unless you're the top half of the Big Twelve. 
pretty much everyone's having this conversation. This has been the we really know nothing edition. Yep. <laughs> the, the, or, or was it? Or was it the? Uh, we got. I got to figure out what the title of this thing now. We've had so many I think, titles. I think throughout it could this. have also been the uh, the passive aggressive watches throw each other under the bus. I like how we, you know, we pull the. Um, well, I had this team ranked higher, but <laughs> by implication, these other jerks did not. That that was my other favorite part of this when we do that. Well, listen, we have fun. Um, we do. This is where we are. This is we what, do love uh, each other, and we do have fun. So this this is a week where you don't have a choice. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm curious, curious to see what everyone else thinks. Um, yeah. Where do you, yeah, where do you stand? Let where do you know. stand with your team right now? Like, are you frustrated? Are you excited? Like, I'm more curious to see, like, again, Arkansas is an interesting one because a very disappointing start, but then you come back and beat Duke. Alabama, your defensive issues, but you see the upside. Tennessee, you lost the three games against, you know, you feel like you need to win one of those games. You didn't. Kentucky fans, like, where are you at? Like, yeah. where are Kentucky fans at? Right, like, what are they thinking after that? The highest of the high against Miami, and then you come back and get beat at home to Wilmington. So yeah, like, it's just it's so interesting to me. So, all right, gentlemen, it's been fun. Um, if Has you're it? new to us, go ahead. Well, I don't know yeah. if it's been, maybe it hasn't been fun. This it's is been just, something. I'm having a great time, guys. An hour. No, this is great. This is great. <laughs> all right. Uh, Hopefully there was something of value in there. Um, yeah, we, seriously, we hope you liked what we're doing here. Uh, we cover SEC football, baseball, and basketball in depth and with a lot of passion, and we have fun doing it. So if you haven't subscribed, do that. Tell a friend. Hit the like button. All those things help us out. This has been Southeastern 14 Basketball Power Rankings presented by Bet Online.